Hey, it's Pat. I want to thank you for listening to the podcast. In case you're not familiar with me, I've been helping people retire for over 20 years now, author of the book, Save Your Retirement, and host of the Save Your Retirement radio show. Our goal with this show is to provide you with valuable and timely information to help you plan your retirement, or if you're already retired, help you make the most of it. Ultimately, we want to help you use your money to accomplish your goals and dreams and to help you avoid any stress and fear with your finances and instead replace those with confidence and peace of mind. If you enjoy the show, make sure to subscribe so you won't miss future episodes. Also, if you'd like to give us a great rating, it would mean so much to us and it helps get the word out so we can share this valuable information with others. Thank you so much. And now here's this week's episode. This radio show is a paid placement. You've read his books. You see him on television. You follow him on social media. And you can listen to him talk about life and retirement right here, right now. He is Pat Struby, and this is Save Your Retirement, presented by Preservation Specialists. 44% of Americans are worried they will never be able to retire. That is at an all-time high, according to the Simply Wise Retirement Confidence Index. There are some simple steps you can take to gauge your preparedness for retirement. It's really as simple as checking off the boxes on our retirement checklist, which is what we are going to talk about here on the show today. So glad you're here with us on Save Your Retirement with Pat Struby. I'm Jen Rizak alongside Pat. He is the founder of Preservation Specialists. And Pat, looking forward to this today, I cannot tell you how much I love lists. I live off of checklists. Really? Yes. Oh, this is okay. This Is is this a guilty admission or are you proud of this? <laughs> no, I'm proud of it. It's fine. Yeah. It's color-coded. It's got oh, little boxes. Wow. And do I 100% at the end of the day, if I did a couple of things that weren't on my list, do I add them on and then check them <laughs> off? I do. And I will do that throughout the show today also because I have our checklist challenge ready to go. But if you bring up anything else that isn't on it, I'm sure going to write it down. You're and adding it. Off it. Yeah. Day. Yep. Absolutely. I have heard that this feeling of checking a box, there's a subset of the population where this is a really big deal, right? So this is clearly you are in that in that camp, which I'm totally fine. I'm not making fun at all. I'm just just observing. You know, I'm, I'm an outside observer. Yeah, no, it, it is right up my alley. And I'll tell you, for those of you who want to take this checklist challenge with us, what we're going to be talking about throughout the show today is the checklist challenge. Here's where you can get it. Go to retirewithpat.com. You will find a little form there where you can request your free copy of this. So you can also have the satisfaction of checking off the boxes <laughs> as we go. Because I'll tell you, you're right, Pat, there's just something about checking off those boxes. So before we get into it, really what this checklist is all about today on the show is gauging our preparedness, helping us see where are the areas that we can check off the boxes and where are the areas where maybe we have some blanks, we have some weak spots. How do you, when a new client comes in, what are some things you're looking at to determine just how prepared they are for retirement? Yeah, you know, I, we were joking about the you know the check marks and things like that, Jen. But I think when you're preparing for retirement, a checklist is kind of a simple, brilliant strategy because of the fact that retirement is so complicated. Mm-hmm. And you know, as we always say, for most people, hopefully, you only do it once, <laughs> so it's not right. like it's something right. that you've done before and you've done successfully and you've learned from. So we do think that's very important. Of course, when we're meeting someone for the first time, uh, we want to know everything about the pertinent information in the areas that matter for retirement. But before we even get to that, we want to know what's on their mind, what are their concerns and fears, and and most importantly, what do they want to accomplish in retirement? And that'll help us determine, you know, which areas of the checklist to focus on. Because for some people, they have to spend an equal amount of time and weigh that time on all the areas. But that's probably not the case for most people. For most people, you'll go through this checklist, and you might see two or three of these areas where you might say, oh, man, I am in great shape or very mm-hmm. close to it, but there's ones that are severely lacking. And those are, of course, ones that we want to really focus on and, and make sure you get in good shape. Right. And there are a good number of boxes here on our checklist challenge today. And this is what we're going to be going through this retirement checklist. And it's broken down into a few key categories. So we have boxes related to income, we have some on health care, there are some on risk management, tax efficient strategies 
and estate and legacy planning. And really, Pat, that fits into those main areas when you were talking about helping somebody create a retirement plan. It follows along those same areas. It really does, Jen. I mean, we always say that, you know, there are all kinds of financial professionals out there. And one of the two ways to distinguish between them is someone who is an investment manager versus a financial planner. Mm -hmm. And this is not saying that one is good and one is bad. Certainly not. Uh, If you're looking for an investment manager, there's a lot of great ones uh, and a lot of people that focus on that. We are comprehensive planners, uh, financial planners, and of course we focus on retirement. So when someone hires us, we create what we call a custom-built retirement plan because it is not a cookie-cutter plan. It is individualized specifically for their family. And every single one of those we've ever created has those five areas you mentioned. Uh, We have to know where is your income coming from a retirement. Otherwise, it wouldn't be retirement, right? So Mm. that's kind of critical. Tied closely to that is tax planning. You know, can we take that income as efficiently tax-wise as we possibly can? And a lot of people don't realize how many opportunities there are to do that in retirement. And then also the other one, you mentioned risk management, that has to do with your nest egg. You know, back in the old days, a lot of times people would live off of social security and a pension. And of course, that's just those are the, the stone ages now. And so most people need some kind of income off their nest egg. So their portfolio management is very important to them. And then the last two, you mentioned the healthcare plan and then estate and legacy. So all five of those uh, we think are very important. One or two may be a bigger priority to you. And that may be different than your next door neighbor or your mm-hmm. cousin or anything like that. And that's fine. Um, but those are the types of areas we want to get into and excited to do that today. And, and I will mention, Jen, that the first step to creating a custom built retirement plan in our office we call it a five-step retirement review. We do look at all five of those. And that one step, there is no cost or obligation to listeners of the show. So if you'd like to take that step, uh, all you have to do is call us at 803-9-RETIRE. And we'll have an opportunity to talk with one of our retirement planners and help you look at those five areas and see if you're on track for the retirement of your dreams. Once again, all you have to do to get started is call 803-9-RETIRE. Talking today with Pat Struby. He is the founder of Preservation Specialists. And today we are watching Walking you through our retirement checklist. This is a a very simple way for you to look at all the different areas of preparing for retirement, see what you have taken care of, and then an idea of where some of the weak spots are in what you've done so far. Again, you can get it at retirewithpat.com. And Pat, as I said, these are broken down into a few key categories. The first one is income. So when you take the checklist challenge at retirewithpat.com, the first section is going to be on income. The first few boxes there involve your budget, which is just a Mm. bad word for so many people. (laughs) Having a written budget, having an estimate of the income you'll need each year when you retire, a couple things along those lines. Talk about how you know if you have saved enough to cover all of those anticipated expenses in retirement so you can check off the box. <laughs> yeah, and I know you were kind of chuckling there, Jen. You know I don't like the word budget because I just I feel it's like cringy. it's 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 cringy. It just it just it doesn't let you think about like living your life, you know, freely in retirement or anything like that. And so I like to call it a spending plan uh, because mm-hmm. we we need to know if you come into our office and say, hey, can I retire or when will I be able to retire? We need to know what you want to do in retirement because if you if you want to travel the world first class, that's going to be very different than if you want to go camping in a tent, you know, in the sure. backyard. So <laughs> Uh, so those those are going to have very different costs. So now I will mention uh, with the budget, it is really important to have an idea of that. But that is where your personality really comes in. We have clients that we can work with just fine that have a very detailed Excel spreadsheet that goes to the penny of everything they've spent over the last 30 years. Well, that's awesome because we know we have high confidence in estimating their expenses in retirement. But we have a lot of clients who don't want to do that and they don't have the skills or interest in doing that. And so we can help them estimate what those expenses are going to be in retirement. That's an example of where, you know, hiring someone who's been through retirement many times with other clients can be of a lot of value because we can help you get there. And sometimes we'll even have people retiring and we've got kind of a range in mind. Um, Now, that's not going to be, you know, 3,000 a month to 10,000 a month, but it might be 5,000. We're estimating between 5,000 and 5,500 a month that they want in income or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, So those are different ways to do it. And that's where, again, it can be individualized and personalized to your preference. 
as we're going through this checklist challenge, um, we need to take an inventory of our income sources and how they will be taxed. So when you look at the next few questions here, it's I know the income sources I'll have in retirement, and then it's got those all listed. And a lot of those blanks we can fill in, right? The pension, the social security, what we might have if we have rental properties, the income coming in there. That's the easier box, I think, to check off because because I think we all have a pretty good handle on that. But the next one is I know how each of these income sources will be taxed. I think we can get tripped up there. How do you know if and how those different sources will be taxed? Yeah, there's actually a, a quote um, that where someone says that it's almost like we have two different tax codes in America. We have the tax code that we all live by for our whole lives until mm-hmm. we retire. And then the rules are dramatically different. <laughs> a lot of them are the same. We still have the same brackets. Um, you know, our dividends are still taxed the same way and things like that. But there are many different rules. And generally speaking, something like a pension or 401k withdrawal is going to be fully taxable. Social Security, interestingly, the answer is it depends. You know, there's a pretty complicated formula for how your Social Security might be taxed. And that can be a dramatic difference. And that's one of the areas that we love to look at with our clients, because if there's any way we can reduce the taxes on your Social Security, if we could do it every year, that could save you easily tens of thousands of dollars over your lifetime. But even if you'd save the money once, you know, in one year, that could save you many thousands of dollars. So I think those are the kinds of things we want to look at as trying to figuring out not only how much income you can create, but also what's going to be left over after Uncle Sam gets their share. Yeah, so many things to keep an eye on. And in general, the reason why we're talking about all of these different aspects here of our retirement checklist It's because a lot of people are worried that they won't even be able to retire. They're afraid they won't be able to afford that. The Simply Wise Retirement Confidence Index says 44% of Americans are worried they'll never be able to retire. Charles Schwab has a modern wealth survey saying only 33% of Americans have a written financial plan. So, Pat, that means nearly 70% of us don't have one. Mm, Yeah, that's right, Jen. And I know a lot of you are worried you haven't saved enough or that you won't even be able to retire. And most of you don't have a written financial plan. And a written financial plan can help you feel more financially stable. So you don't have to be one of those people worried if your money will last or if you can even afford to retire. We have a process for helping you create an income strategy. And we start with what we call our five-step retirement review. If you're listening right now and you don't have an income strategy, and based on the numbers, you probably don't, We invite you to call so we can help you create that spending plan to figure out how much you'll need for the retirement you've been dreaming about and also help you look at where you're going to generate income um, and how to generate income off of your nest egg and try and create as much as you possibly can. There's no cost and no obligation for this analysis, but you need to have saved at least $250,000 for retirement. Call 803-9-RETIRE and ask for your retirement income analysis. Again, all you have to do is call 803-9-RETIRE. You do want to take advantage of this special opportunity from Pat to try to help make sure that you won't run out of money and you might be able to boost your returns over time. So get started today at 803-9-RETIRE or if you prefer to hear the numbers as you're punching those into your phone today, that's 803 803- Nine seven three eighty four seventy three. This is Save Your Retirement with Pat Struby, and coming up next, we've got some insights on what's the latest news with mortgage rates. Some great information coming up on the other side of the break. We've got a special guest stepping in to join us. That's all coming up next. This is Save Your Retirement with Pat Struby. We'll be back. John Farley here. According to the U.S. Debt Clock, in the time you hear this commercial, our nation's debt will go up by $1.5 million. That's more than $2 billion a day, $15 billion a week. Right now, our debt is over $31 trillion and climbing fast. The question is how do we pay it off? The answer, increasing taxes. Now think about your retirement accounts. Do you want to pay taxes on some of that money now when rates are historically low or later when rates are potentially higher? Whether you should pay taxes now or in the future depends on a lot of things. The team at Preservation Specialists knows what to look for. Our advisors can help you create a plan so your retirement is as tax efficient as it can be. Call 803-9-RETIRE to set up a visit with an advisor at Preservation Specialists. That's 803-9-RETIRE. When taxes go up, will you be ready? Call now, 803-9-RETIRE. Securities offered through Arcadios Capital Member, FINRA and SIPC. Advisory services offered through Arcadios Wealth. Preservation Specialists and Arcadios are not affiliated through any ownership. The 
The team at Preservation Specialists have put together a retirement rescue kit to help you get your plan started. To get yours, text the word RETIRE to 803-973-8473 right now. That's RETIRE to 803-973-8473. Welcome back and thanks for joining us today on Save Your Retirement with Pat Struby. Pat is the founder of Preservation Specialists. He is the author of the books Save Your Retirement and The Retirement Secret. And we have a special guest here joining us for this part of the show, doing things a little bit differently here on the show today, Pat, but excited to have a great conversation. Uh, Why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about who's joining us today? Yeah, so Jen, I was. We obviously have done this show for many, many years, and uh, love doing it, and I love talking with Jen. But I, I had, I'm going to bring someone else in today. So, um, you know, it's been a just a crazy time the last year or two with interest rates, and we get lots of questions about that. Over the years, we have tried really hard to develop uh, strong relationships with experts in their field, and so I asked our lending and mortgage uh, expert, Sam Cullum from Guild Mortgage to come on today. So Sam, very excited to have you today. Hey, Pat. Thanks for having me. It's such a pleasure. And I, I think I just learned that maybe I'm the first special guest or at least at least let me think I am. <laughs> we'll let you think that for sure. Yeah. You, yeah. You're no, definitely. <laughs> it's a pleasure to be here. Um, and, and thank you so much for having me. Yeah. You're definitely the first in a while. I'll say that. Okay. So that. Um, yeah. So before we get into, you know, we've got plenty of time to get into business and the Federal Reserve and mortgage rates and everything. Just oh, yeah. give us a little bit of background about yourself first. Sure. So Sam Cullum, like you said, with Guild Mortgage Company here in Columbia, born and raised in Columbia, went to college at the military college by the Ashley River, the Citadel, uh, graduated <laughs> in 1999, uh, received my MBA from there shortly thereafter and have been in various sales capacities um, my whole 24-year career. And I'm in the mortgage world now, loving it, despite, like you said, the headwinds we're seeing, (laughs) much like yourself, Pat, at Preservation Specialists. And what I know you pride your your business in is, I'm the same way, is is creating your own brand, uh, is servicing your clients, and is treating everybody like family. And um, that's really what I've enjoyed um, about my experience with Guild. Yeah, and I know you, you certainly couldn't have known uh, prior to getting into your industry, you know, what, what would be coming in 2022 and mm. 2023, but um, anything in particular that um, really drove you to get into kind of the lending industry? Nothing in particular lending per se. Um, I really have a passion and a heart for customer service, relationships, and, and servitude. Um, I call it white glove concierge level service really valuing and being in a position to help people through education and really sitting down with everybody realizing that their journey is different and trying Mm -hmm. to apply my tools, my knowledge to help them achieve the best outcome possible. That's awesome. And uh, I know that from, you know, the people that we've worked with together. So let's jump in. You know, this has been, I've been doing this for 27 plus years. I've seen all kinds of crazy stock markets and interest rates and things like that. But we've had historically low interest rates for longer than we've ever seen before. And then kind of out of nowhere, just they've shot up like a cannon. And I believe this is the highest, fastest the Federal Reserve has ever raised interest rates in recorded history. So I would love to just, let's just start uh, very broadly and say, what have you seen through the last year or two in that process? What's that been like for you? Uh, I know crazy, obviously, but, um, you know, just, let's just start there. Let's talk about what the Fed's been doing and how that's kind of affecting your world. Sure. Well, I mean, to your point, um, let's just go back to COVID. 60% of all mortgage holders in the United States have a mortgage interest rate that starts with a two, three, or four. Mm. So a lot of your listeners right now are probably raising their eyebrows saying, hey, that's me. Well, yeah, you know, that's right. Everybody else, you know, they refinanced during COVID. So we are now riding kind of that uphill climb. We're running uphill, so to speak, as related to lending interest rates because it's time to, to come back to reality a little bit. So it's very cyclical. Um, it's ups and downs. But I think the key thing that I think I know I have held true to, and I, and I hope a lot of folks have as well, is this is cyclical. This too shall pass. And the Fed has done the necessary corrections. We could potentially have one more 
rate hike uh, the first week of December. Um, but hopefully they've done the necessary corrections so far throughout the year with their, uh, like you said, raising as fast as possible in recorded history and, and getting us back to where we need to be. Yeah. And I guess, like you said, that's, that's a really interesting statistic about, you know, the majority of mortgage holders are somewhere between, I guess, two and 5%. And that would Correct. be, like you said, people that wisely refinanced during that time, or, you know, you would know much better than I, but I mean, the real estate market was really booming, right? So a lot of people were probably buying over that time frame, So they were maybe sure. just locking in that rate, you know, if they were buying in 2019 or 2020 or 2021, is that probably true? That's right. Yes. Yeah, so they were locking in that rate on a new purchase, uh, refinancing and getting a lower rate. Um, the good news with those folks is they're sitting on a lot of equity right now. Okay. So they refinanced at two, three, four. Those are the folks who are going to come out of this when rates do tick down and they will very soon, hopefully, but within the next <laughs> you know, eight, 12, 15 months, we're going to be in a great place where folks who have held still and, and been patient have accrued equity and everybody forgets uh, fun fact um, real estate uh, on the average uh, appreciates at about 5% a year regardless. So they're really stockpiling equity. Um, and then those folks who are waiting to get in the pool and, and purchase their first home uh, are going to have a lot of inventory to choose from because those folks who are not moving now uh, are going to be moving off of those rates because it's going to make sense at that point when they go back down into the sixes and the fives and they have a lot of equity to potentially purchase their their move up home. And you had, I think you had just mentioned this to me the other day. I mean, current rates on a on a regular mortgage, I mean, we're between like seven and eight percent right now. That's right. So uh, two weeks ago, we were ticking over eight percent for the first time wow. in a, over the last twenty three years. I believe yeah. twenty three year high. Wow. Um, last week, after the Fed announced no rate hike and. Uh, Chairman Jerome Powell was very dovish on his comments afterwards saying, you know, they think they made the necessary corrections to get inflation back to 2% to control spending. Uh, the jobs report was starting to calm down a little bit. Non-farm payrolls, that kind of thing that the Fed looks for. Uh, those things, their actions for the first part of the year were starting to bear fruit now going into the back yeah. half of the year. So his comments were encouraging um, bond investors took that as a positive sign, brought rates down. So last week and the first part of this week have been, you know, we're starting to tick down into the, you know, below seven and a half, seven and a quarter range. Yeah. And I, I have to tell you that, uh, this is one of those comments I'm going to make where I start to feel like a dinosaur and well, I remember back in the day, but you know, I bought my first home when I was 22 and that was in 1997. And it was, I remember vividly, I locked in at 7% exactly. And I thought I was a pretty smart guy and I knew a lot about finance, but I had no clue what that meant. Like if that was a good rate or a bad rate, you know what I mean? Anything like that. And seven back in 97 was probably in a normal range. It was very common for mortgages to be at that rate. And now, you know, I've, you've, you've taught me things about it and I've read things about how if someone's in a mortgage at 3% right now and they're thinking, oh, maybe I kind of want to move and they're looking like a seven or a seven and a half, that's a really big deal. And that's really affecting our real estate market, right? It is. And the way it's affecting the market is folks who are sitting on that low mortgage rate are now seeing their mortgage instead of a liability, they're seeing it as an asset. Mm. So to your point, it's giving them pause there. It's not a, well, I mean, I, I guarantee you, I know you, I know you would not suggest somebody get off of a 3% interest rate, move <laughs> to a seven or an eight. Um, but it's giving them pause. Uh, so my, my word of consolation to those folks is you guys are, have a great rate and you're accruing equity right now. You're doing the right things. When rates come back down, then you're going to be in a position to move, but there's just no inventory out there right now in terms of resale inventory, local South Carolina market, you can drive, anywhere on a Sunday afternoon as you're listening to this show and find a, a, a neighborhood that's uh, being built by a new construction builder. Those folks right now are really the only folks with inventory. The resale, you know, I'll use some of the, the more popular neighborhoods around here. They have folks in place who are, who are kind of hitting pause and that's understandable. Yeah. You know, it's really interesting. It's I never really thought of it that way, but it's almost like a chicken and egg thing, right? Where mm -hmm. people are in these rates that are so good, so it makes no sense for them to look to move. So then they're not selling their house. So then there's nothing for people to buy. So that's uh, you've yeah. got this gridlock in the real estate market, and it's probably going to take until those rates start to drop before things are going to shake out a little bit, right? 
Agreed. Yeah, it is going to take that. I think, honestly, it's that. That is the hard and fast facts of the matter, the rates dropping. But you know, in investing, a lot of it is emotion and what you see on the news. And it's going to take a lot of what I call consumer or borrower confidence to be restored. Right now, we're kind of in this you know, mad chaotic world of what's going to go on. You know, we have wars on multiple fronts. We have an election upcoming. We have rates, this, that, and the other. But I think the important thing is for folks to remember that a 30-year fixed rate mortgage is still, and it was in 1997 when you bought your first house, Pat, <laughs> and it still is today, the single best investment you can make because the day you lock that rate in is the most you will ever pay in terms of a monthly payment. You're only going to refinance that thing when it goes down. You're not going to, unless you need to pull equity out or do something crazy, you're not going to take a higher rate. That's right. Sam, anyone doesn't have a trusted lender, uh, go ahead and give out your phone number, would you please? Yeah, sure. Glad to. Uh, my personal cell phone you can reach anytime is uh, 843-532-8481. Thank you, Sam. This is Pat Struby from Save Your Retirement. Uh, if you want to talk with us, give us a call at 803-9-RETIRE. We'll be back with Sam in a minute to talk a little bit more about where things are heading and any suggestions he has on the lending front. Save Your Retirement with Pat Struby continues in just a moment. Stay with us. You've heard Pat on radio. Now you can see him on television. Tune in Sunday mornings during the 7 o'clock news on WIS-TV, Columbia's NBC Channel 10. Twenty twenty four is almost here. If you have things to get in place by December 31st, don't wait. Call Preservation Specialists right now at 803-973-8473. That's 803-9-RETIRE. Welcome back, and thanks for joining us today on a special edition of Save Your Retirement with Pat Struby. We are changing gears a little bit here on the show today with a special guest talking a little bit about mortgages from local mortgage lender and broker. Sam Cullum is here in the studio. And Pat, you and Sam have been having a great conversation here today. So let's recap for our listeners, some who might be just joining us just now, reintroduce our guest for them, and then I'll let you and Sam just jump right back into it. Thanks, Jen. Yeah, so I the reason Sam is here is when you are working in financial planning and retirement planning, you know, there are everyone's situation is different and yet we all deal with the same realities of life and the same confusion and you know, some of the most common questions we get a lot of the time are, you know, what should I do with my 401k when I retire? When should I take social security? And one of the ones that we often get is should I pay off my mortgage or should I keep it? And that has really, you know, those decisions have, I guess one of the topics that has come up time and time again in the last year or two is just the craziness with interest rates and how things have changed so much. So I asked uh, Sam to come on. He is my lending guru and expert. Uh, so Sam Cullen from Guild Mortgage, thank you for being here. Looking forward to talking some more. Yeah, no, great. Again, thanks for having me. I'm, I'm really enjoying this. So uh, if you missed the first first segment, we introduced Sam. We talked a little bit about that the Federal Reserve has raised rates faster and higher than they ever have at any time in history, which also came off of what may have been the uh, longest stretch of low interest rates we've ever had. So we've got two extremes. We've talked about how rates are, are over 7% now. And so I thought, Sam, I think it's time, and I, I apologize, I forgot to tell you this, but what we really need you to do is dust off your crystal ball. And uh, I think that's where we're going now. So now we know where we are. I will lead in, and, and you and I haven't talked in a great deal about this, so I'm curious if you and I have the same feelings about this. And if it's a little different, I think that's good. We can kind of you know educate each other. But when clients ask me what's going on with interest rates, I tell them I'm not an expert in that. I, I would consider you to be someone that's going to know a lot more about that. But my point is always, you know, Jen and I talk about tax planning all the time, and we talk about how there's $33 trillion of debt in our country right now, which is just an almost unimaginable number. And what we're seeing now as um, the Fed has raised these rates, as our government debt matures every month, it's renewing at these higher rates and our debt interest is ballooning very quickly. And we don't have you know extra money in the budget. We're already way over the budget. So it's my opinion that the Fed cannot, doesn't have a choice to keep rates where they are right now, that they have to find a way one way or another to lower them at some point. Um, so I'm curious, you know, where that lines up. You mentioned, you know, in the first segment, Sam, maybe, you know, six months to a year or something like that. I'm curious what your thoughts are on, you know, things that we're seeing right now and where things might be heading over the next year or two. 
Sure. So it's, uh, you know, I mentioned in the last segment, Pat, that, uh, you know, rates had started to take a turn for the positive last mm-hmm. week and the first part of this week. You know, we're coming down off of the the highs of the, you know, over we crested the the 8% mark um, as mm. most recently as two weeks ago. Um, what does give me a little bit of pause is the consumer spending that you mentioned before. We're coming up on the holiday season. Um, traditionally, the Federal Reserve is ultra conservative when it comes to um, what they're trying to do, which is the overall goal of curbing inflation, getting it down to that 2% mark. Mm-hmm. Um, so my gut, and which means nothing, please don't place <laughs> bets on this, um, but my gut is that we're going to ride this out through the holiday season and most likely through the first quarter. Um, yeah. personally with my folks who I have pre-qualified, I have open files on who are out searching for homes and we're developing and refining and dialing in their plan. Um, I am recommending that they put a flag in the ground for the spring. The spring is the buying season to begin with the frost, um, you know, comes off the, off the vine and folks start getting out and peeking out and seeing what's going on. Um, but I think too, that that's when, uh, the Fed is going to have their their plan in place and carried out to the point where they're going to have inflation under control. Um, and another thing to look for for your audience, just as they watch the news or, or read uh, the Internet, is unfortunately uh, bad job news is good mortgage news, meaning when jobs are down, mortgages uh, is good for mortgage rates. Um, when unfortunately the world scenarios and a little bit of chaos, the safe harbor is um, mortgage-backed securities. Hmm. So, um, you know, kind of a seesaw to think about there when one side is is down, the other side is up, if that makes sense. It does. It's really interesting. And I, I think that um, the Fed tries to kind of telegraph what they're doing. You know, they uh, I think they were, this is one man's opinion, they were a little overconfident or very overconfident at one point when they were talking about inflation being transitory when we all kind right. of knew it wasn't. Um, so that they kind of, right. in, in my opinion, they painted themselves into this corner, but at least one thing the Fed tries to do is, you know, give us a projection of what's coming in the future. And to what I've been following, that hasn't changed a great deal in the last few months. And so I think, like you said, we're all kind of thinking we're probably very close to the highest those rates could possibly go, maybe at the high. And then, you know, like we're saying, they're going to have to bring those down at some point. And uh, the question is just, you know, how quickly that's going to happen, right? That's right. And and, it, and it's really and truly all a guessing game. There's a lot of folks out there, a lot of pundits and folks who do their research that, that have some, you know, prognostications and hypotheses. Um, I would encourage everyone, if I could, you know, if you don't remember anything else from my time here with you, Pat, is have a plan. Mm. So regardless of when rates come down, uh, whatever your situation is, wherever you are in your journey, whether you're a first time home buyer or potentially someone who has your home paid off and may want to look into a reverse mortgage option um, to tap into some of that equity that you've you've worked hard to accrue. I mean, have a plan, work with a lender who understands the local landscape, understands um, that not every borrower and home buyer's journey is the same. Um, yeah. Because everybody's in a different situation. Well, that's why I wanted to have you on now, Sam. I want to make sure people can get in touch with you. And it's funny that you, you know, you and I didn't talk about that, but that's, you know, that's what we preach on the show every week is to have a plan. Mm-hmm. And uh, just like having a financial planner that you can talk to or bounce ideas off of or update your plan, having a lender yep. that you can do that with as well. Now, one thing I wanted to get into is. I think there's some things in your industry, and I don't know if these are new or maybe they've been around a long time and they just weren't that useful, but you, you've you told me, you know, if someone is needing to buy or looking to buy or lock in a loan right now, there's some different strategies you can use. Is that right? There is. So uh, I believe you may be referring to our most recent conversation about the um, 2-1 buy-down scenario. Yes. Um, yeah. So it, you, it's really uh, popular right English? now. <laughs> What's that? Can you explain that in plain English? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so simple explanation there is uh, using the seller's money to benefit the buyer. So real quick scenario, we've all been on Zillow or Redfin, and we've seen a listing that maybe has been on there for 30 to 45 days. Uh, the seller is anxious and ready to sell, potentially drops that listing by $10,000 uh, to entice a buyer to make an offer to renew interest in that listing. 
when a price drop, a straight price drop occurs of $10,000, it only benefits the borrower by about $27 a month over the life of a 30 year fixed loan. So 360 okay. payments, it benefits them by about 27 bucks a month. When you use that same $10,000 and let the buyer use it to buy down their interest rate, traditionally they're under, uh, they're able to buy it down by two points for the first year and one point for the second year. So to give you an example, uh, if they're able to go from a 7.5% par rate today, use the seller's money to buy that down um, to five and a half, then they're able to cash flow their home. And you know this better than I do. I mean, it's, a, it's an investment in keeping that money in their pocket on a month to month basis yeah. and using the seller's money to do that. I love that so much because, you know, like I said, we don't have a crystal ball. Maybe rates don't go down. You know, maybe they keep going up. I mean, of course, no one no one knows for sure, but there's a lot of tea leaves that would imply that rates will eventually go down. So if you're taking advantage of this type of strategy, you are, I mean, five and a half sure sounds a lot better than seven and a half to me. So even if it's only for a year, right? So if you're, if you're, if you're squeezing that rate down for a year or two, and then who knows, maybe rates have really fallen, you know, two or three years from now. And so maybe it makes sense to refinance. And then you've, you've kind of saved a bundle along the way. Is that, is that a fair yeah. statement? Absolutely. So just to address the savings on a monthly basis, um, you know, when you do a two, one buy down average home price, the buyer now is able to keep three to $400 a month in their pocket with that 2% adjustment. Um, I don't ever recommend anybody do anything really longer than two years because to your point, rates are going to go back down. They will. Yeah. I know a lot of folks don't believe it, uh, but they will. So there's no point in, in putting that money out there to buy that rate down when we're going to be refinancing that loan anyway. Absolutely. And um, if you're like me and you heard what Sam was talking about and said, hey, that's really cool. And then you've already forgotten the name of it. You don't have to remember it. That's what Sam's here for. So um, Sam, thank you for being on. Um, let's let's take a minute and give people a little information on how they can follow you or give out your direct line. And then certainly uh, to our longtime listeners of the show, you can always call our office. We'll get you in with Sam as well. But uh, what are the best ways to kind of keep up with you? Yeah. So number one way is, is my mobile phone, 843-532-8481. I'm always reachable there. Um, my uh, email address is s. Cullum, that's S-C-U-L-L-U-M, at guildmortgage.net, and guild is spelled G-U-I-L-D. We are local here in the Columbia market. Uh, we're a national company, but we're well represented here in the Columbia market. Um, so we are just a phone call away and would love to see how we can help you. Thank you very much, Sam. And I wanted to take a minute at the end here. Uh, we always mention on the show that uh, we love doing retirement planning and we still do. That hasn't changed. I just had the opportunity to have Sam on today. Um, we always offer to listeners of the show an opportunity to sit down with one of our planners and do what we call a, um, a five-step retirement review at no cost and no obligation. Um, all you have to do is call us at 803-9-RETIRE. And certainly, um, if you do listen to the show regularly, we thank you very much. And uh, Sam is one of my uh, my local experts and gurus. Um, you can always reach out to us on our line if you aren't thinking of any needs that you have today. And then, you know, a couple of weeks from now, a month from now, a few months from now, you're thinking about it. And either you you have something, or maybe maybe uh, a family member, a child, or or somebody is looking to buy their home or something, and you're trying to remember what it was. Always uh, feel free to track down Sam or call us at the office. We'd love to help. Once again, number at our office, the number to call for the show, 803-9-RETIRE. Once again, Sam, thanks so much for coming today. Really enjoyed it. Thank you, Pat. Very much a pleasure. Appreciate it. We have more coming up on Save Your Retirement, but now it's time for today's Medicare Minute with author and Medicare expert, Tim Hanbury. Most people don't realize there are two enrollment periods for Medicare Advantage plans. The first is called the Annual Enrollment Period, which is from October 15th to December 7th. During this time, you can change to any other Medicare Advantage plan available in the county you live. And this is when you see all the ads on TV. The second enrollment period is called a Medicare Advantage Open Enrollment Period, and this runs between January 1st and March 31st. The main reason for the additional enrollment period is to help people who need to change the Advantage plan they're in. Advantage plans use networks of participating providers and will typically include prescription coverage. 
Sometimes, after the annual enrollment period, people find the providers they thought participated with the plan are not participating or a prescription medication that they take is not covered under the plan. This happens often enough that Medicare reinstated the open enrollment period in 2019 so that people can make a one-time change to a plan which better covers their needs. With Advantage plans, you need to be an active consumer to make sure the plan you choose is right for you. Visit Tim's website, MedicareBlueprint.com, to download a free copy of his book. Or if you would like to talk with Tim, call 803-9-RETIRE to schedule a consultation. The team at Preservation Specialists have put together a retirement rescue kit to help you get your plan started. To get yours, text the word RETIRE to 803-973-8473 right now. That's RETIRE to 803-973-8473. Thanks for joining us today on Save Your Retirement with Pat Struby. Pat is the founder of Preservation Specialists, and I am Jen Rizak alongside. And Pat, of course, gets questions each and every week about all things retirement. And we always like every now and then dedicating a portion to the show to going over some of those common retirement questions. So what do you say, Pat? Ready to get into some uh, listener questions here? Let's open up that big bag of mail. Yes. A mail sack delivered by the mailman. I picture it kind of like Santa, the letters to Santa. Yes. Or yes. The stack looks just like that, right? Right. Exactly. When (laughs) is it, what is it, Miracle on 34th Street, when they have to prove that Santa's real by delivering all the mail and dumping it in court? Yes. Perfect. (laughs) Just like that. So Pat's like in a pile of mail right now that he's (laughs) sorting through. Okay. Our first question comes from Annette from Irmo who says her husband just retired. Annette is planning to leave her job within the next few months also. She says, I just haven't been able to get my replacement trained, but then I will be set to retire. I'm excited, but already my husband has started to pinch pennies everywhere. I can't even Mm. get him to talk about taking our first trip after I retire. This is already driving me crazy. How do I get him to get comfortable with the idea of spending some of our savings on some fun things? Because this is what we saved it for. I think this is what we talk about, Pat, with a a change in our mindset when we get in wow. retirement, right? Yeah, Goodness. yeah. And this is kind of reminding me. This is maybe a, an odd reference, but it reminds me of in the movie Shrek when he talks about being an onion and having all the layers. <laughs> Onions have layers. There's a lot of layers to this question. <laughs> so, Annette, first of all, congratulations on being close to retirement. However. I don't want you and your husband to drive each other crazy in retirement. So there's so many things to talk about here. The first one is one of the possible benefits of hiring a retirement planner is having an objective third party Mm -hmm. Um, because you and your husband may not agree on how to spend money in retirement and it may help to have an independent person. So now we're not marriage counselors, of course, (laughs) but sometimes it feels like it for a few minutes. The second thing is we all handle money differently. And so that's one of the biggest things that can be, you know, a challenge with these types of things. And there's going to have to be some kind of open conversation about spending and budget and things like that. And I wonder if there's some underlying fears or worries um, for Annette's husband. Um, And maybe he retired and then started looking at the numbers. I'm wondering if he's a spreadsheet guy Mm -hmm. and uh, maybe he's got a budget on his spreadsheet, which by the way, we have some clients that have every month down to the penny and we have lots of people who've never done one. So (laughs) there's a lot of different ways to do that. And, And by the way, both are fine if you're spending within your means. And then the last thing that I would say is one of the things we, we talk about a lot on the show, but I think I'm usually approaching it more from the logical side, not the emotional side, but the foundation to a successful retirement, we believe, is a written retirement income plan. And I'm going to suspect that an and her husband don't have that because yeah. he wouldn't need to be pinching pennies everywhere unless he was worried that they were going to run out of money. And so the, the whole idea of having a plan is it's really just stopping and saying, okay, about how much are you going to need to spend to do the things you want to do, which as Annette is saying, includes some trips, right? A lot of people mm-hmm. want to do that. They've yeah. worked hard and they want to do some travel. So we want to put that in there. We want to plan for that. And then how are we going to afford that? Um, if you have social security benefits, what's the best way to take that? If you have pension benefits, What are your options there? How do we make that work for you? Um, If you have a nest egg, if you have 401k, IRA, savings, inheritance, stocks, bonds, any of that stuff, how do we take that and generate income to cover these things? If you can see that laid out, 
Uh, if you can see how it helps cover inflation if things get more expensive over time, if you see all the things that can help protect you and help you make sure you don't outlive your money, then hopefully the goal is you can actually enjoy that money in retirement and not have to worry and not have to pinch pennies. So mm-hmm. I hope, Annette, that's helpful. Jen, I don't know if that was all yeah. over the place or if that was if that was a thorough answer, but I was trying to hit those layers that were coming to mind as I was hearing Annette's question. I, I was thrilled for the Shrek reference as well. Just really, really <laughs> that's a show first, I think. <laughs> that's right. Onions have layers, just like that question. And and real quickly, 8039-RETIRE, uh, for those of you listening who recognize that could be your situation too. You've done a good job with the savings part. Mm. You're just trying to figure out the planning steps that come after that. 803-9-RETIRE is a really good uh, number for you to call to get some of those questions answered. Get started on that today. That's 803-9-RETIRE. Uh, Let's go to our next question. Mary from Forest Acres says there are a couple of local charities that we have regularly supported throughout our careers. We don't want to completely abandon those causes now that we're retired, but it seems kind of scary to keep giving as much as we were now that we're on a fixed income. So should we hold off on charitable giving for now if we're worried about the financial impact? Well, that's an awesome question. Uh, Thank you, Mary. So yeah, I think that Charity is uh, one of those things that, uh, of course, is very different for all of us, right? Some of us are kind of, some people are going to highly prioritize that, and some it's not really a thought. And, of course, we all have our reasons for those types of things. So kudos to Mary for supporting uh, these local charities and wanting to try and continue to do something. It's This does tie in with uh, the last question, right, Jen? If we have a an income plan, um, if we want a budget for uh, making sure we have enough money to support these charities. We certainly want to do that and not at the detriment of running out of money in retirement. Right. Uh, but I, I'm going to go one other area. And I just, Jen, I hope you don't mind. I kind of want to put you on the spot for this oh, one. But okay. All right. So if, if when she's talking about what she's going to use her money for, anything we're dealing with, do you, do you know what my answer always is? What's the first step to anything when we're dealing with your money? Well, gosh, I mean, there are so <laughs> many different places we could go with this. But I feel like... The first step would just be kind of like assessing where you are right now, mapping out where you are. But you did 100% put me on the spot. I, don't <laughs> I <know>. did. <laughs> I don't know. What yeah. So we want to know where you are, but also where you're trying to go. Yeah. And so that's where I was going. So you, you were you were halfway there. I'm going to give you credit I get for a that. Half point. But what I what I want to say to Mary is, when you're heading into retirement the first thing we want to be thinking of is what's most important to you? Mm. What's the purpose of your money? If the purpose is just to make sure you never run out of money, then maybe you're not so worried about whether the charities are supported. But if the charities are important to you, then that's part of your purpose. And so that's the thing about, now maybe it's easy for me to say, but that's that's what life is about, right? We all have to prioritize. We'd all love to you know, travel first class around the world and spend hundreds of thousands of dollars a year, but we can't do that. So we have to prioritize. We all have a limited amount of money that we can spend and what are we going to do that with? So that would be, if I was sitting down one-on-one with Mary, that would be my first thing. Hey, let's mm-hmm. let's get real and let's actually talk about what's most important. And if those charities are important to you, then we're going to make sure you can continue to support them. And I guess the final thought I would have is, as someone who's been involved in church for many years and I'm on the board of a couple of nonprofits, there are many ways to support a nonprofit. So it can be financial, but also maybe now that you're retiring, maybe you have more time to devote as well. So I think that's something too, to think about uh, the different ways that you are interested in supporting those charities. Mm-hmm. And hopefully that gives you um, some good ideas for how to yeah. continue doing that. Yeah, no, that's, that's a great point also there, Pat. Appreciate that. Let's go to Greg from Columbia. And now I, I just don't know how I feel about asking questions that you weren't prepared for now that you did it to me. But anyway. Anyway, Greg from Columbia wants to know, is my Social Security benefit going to be taxed? I can't figure out what to expect with that. So good question about something that we're all expecting in retirement, but we don't want any surprises, right? Yeah. Thanks, Greg. Uh, yeah, Taxes on Social Security benefits. So um, a handful of years ago, I was teaching a class at uh, a local school here, Midlands Tech, and a couple of different campuses. And it would be, it was uh, two evenings. So it'd be like a, a Thursday evening, one week, and then a Thursday evening the next week. And it was three hours each evening, which I thought, my goodness, these poor people, six hours in a room with me. I couldn't believe they, they, they I couldn't believe they came back, really. But um, no, it was really fun teaching. It was all about retirement. 
And this is one of the questions of all the things we talk about, Jen, this is one of the questions where I felt like people were the most fascinated about because I'd actually walk through uh, how this works. Mm -hmm. Um, Taxation on Social Security is extremely confusing and it's not talked about very often. And there are a lot of very intelligent, successful people that are approaching retirement. And when we talk about this, they're kind of in shock. So when FDR created Social Security, he said it would never be taxed. And many moons later, that changed. Right. Um, the, the taxation started, I believe, in the early 80s. Uh, and the idea was to help uh, fortify Social Security with the baby boomer generation uh, coming up, which, which I think was, was logical. And so what's happened now is that tax, it used to be about one in five retirees had their benefits taxed. Now it's over half. Wow. So it really is becoming very common. It's based on your total income. And it's a pretty complicated formula. So um, this is one of those things where we always say you're probably either to really understand it, you're either going to need to talk to a CPA who understands it very well, or you're going to have to talk to someone like a planner like ours who's really focused on retirement. Um, But the different ways you're generating income outside of your Social Security is going to help determine how much of it is taxable. So it's going to include if you're receiving a pension. That's going to include if you're withdrawing money from an IRA or a 401k. And it's one of the reasons, if you think about the best-selling author, David McKnight that we've had on the show, uh, he talks about all different ways to shift your assets so you have less taxable income in retirement. And one of the reasons is if you do a good enough job of that, you can actually go from paying tax on your Social Security to avoiding paying that tax. Mm-hmm. So you're, it's almost a double tax benefit because you're you're avoiding income tax in general on those withdrawals, and then you're also avoiding Social Security taxes. So uh, it's a complicated area, but it's an important area to be aware of. And so definitely good for you to be looking into, Greg, and trying to figure out if you can reduce those taxes. Another great question there, and I'm sure it's always relieving, Pat, for people to hear that other people also have some of these questions or that other people get a little bit confused about things like what's going on with our Social Security benefits and the taxation on them. Obviously, anytime you're dealing with the federal government and their programs, there's (laughs) sure to be a little confusion. So obviously, a lot of questions there. As we wrap things up today here, Pat, These questions were all very different about very different types of scenarios. I think it really speaks to what you talk about every week, and that is the fact that there's no one-size-fits-all plan here. You have a custom-built approach for each and every person who comes in to talk to you. Yeah, the name of the game in our industry is streamlining your, your practice, and most companies have route everyone towards a moderate portfolio and they route everyone towards the same plan and the same way to do everything because that way they can take more clients on and manage more money and it's very easy and we just believe it's just not the best way and we know we can do better and it is more work but we think it's better and it's worth it and that's why we call it a custom-built retirement plan exactly like you said jen the great questions that we had on the show today they spell out why we're all different and we all need an income plan we all need to know where our income's coming from but we all have different needs and things we want to accomplish and we have different places it's coming from so where are we going to get that from how do we make sure you're never going to outlive your money how do we make sure that you have enough so you know when you can retire all of those types of things are part of the, what we call the five-step retirement review, uh, which is sitting down with one of our advisors. And we offer that at no cost and no obligation for show listeners at 803-9-RETIRE. Once again, all you have to do to get started is just give us a call, 803-9-RETIRE. You've been listening to Save Your Retirement with Pat Struby. Remember that number, 803-9-RETIRE. And be sure to tune in again next week for more insights from Pat. We'll talk to you next time. Have a great week. Securities offered through Arcadios Capital, member FINRA and SIPC. Advisory services offered through Arcadios Wealth. Preservation specialists and Arcadios are not affiliated through any ownership.